Welcome to Tuesday on the Pure Opelka podcast. It's Mike here with uh, a lot of irritation in my voice today. If you're hearing it, you're getting it. Why, why, why would we ever trust the Democrats with anything going forward? Why? I've said this before. Every time they accuse you of something, it's probably because they are doing it themselves. For years under Donald Trump, they called Donald Trump a dictator wannabe. They talked about fascism, about a power-hungry madman at the top of government taking over and skirting the rule of law and weaponizing the Department of Justice. Well, that never happened under Trump. But if you look at what Joe Biden has done in the first 19 months of his presidency, golly, Bob, howdy, there it is weaponizing the DOJ, raiding Donald Trump's home. And and we still don't really have the real answers as to why this was allowed to happen. And if you think Joe Biden didn't know about any of this, then you are very much mistaken. Well, maybe he didn't really know because he doesn't know much about anything. But for Joe Biden not to know, and for the mainstream media the left side of the mainstream media to push forward is saying, oh, he couldn't have known. They told us they didn't know. Right. That's what they were saying. The Biden White House outside uh, the actual White House, not in the Justice Department. They didn't know they were blindsided, given how buttoned up and cautious Merrick Garland is, especially with something as sticky as this. It's hard to imagine that they gave the White House a heads up. I do agree. I would be stunned if anybody in the White House, including the president, knew yeah, yeah, that's not right. Sorry. I'm sorry, David Axelrod. You're completely wrong. They had to know. Joe Biden has had talks with uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland in the past about him being more of a prosecutor and less of a judge because that's kind of where his mindset was. Remember, he had hopes and dreams of becoming a Supreme Court justice. But thank God that didn't happen. So you know Biden has talked to Garland about being more of a prosecuting attorney general, attorney general, and here we are today. It's really disgusting. And then there is the former U.S. attorney who was on MSNBC yesterday saying the quiet part out loud, what this this raid was really all about. This is by far not the one of the biggest crimes he's been charged with, but it carries the penalty that someone who's convicted of it is disqualified from running for future federal office. And there it is. That's what they want. But first of all, what was the first part of that? Let's go back. This is by far the biggest crime he's been charged with. Can we talk about this allegation that Donald Trump's been charged with other crimes. Can we bring that up? Has the president, was the president charged with crimes? Did I miss an indictment? I don't think so. But they're really all about preventing Donald Trump from running again. And I think this is obviously triggered by not only Donald Trump's incredible speech at CPAC, but the polling that shows he would beat Joe Biden or pretty much any Democrat in 2024. They want to prevent him from running again. They absolutely do. So 18 U.S.C. 2071, if he destroyed records, they may have decided to go after this, disqualify him from future office, secure a conviction and have that be the broad resolution of the whole problem Trump. Yeah, they call it the whole problem Trump. 
They look at the fact that uh, there's somebody out there on the other side of the aisle who's stronger than any candidate you have, then that's a problem. Well, if you had actual, I don't know, principles and, and good policies, maybe, maybe, just maybe you'd have a chance. And talking about the destruction of documents, do we not remember Hillary Clinton? Do, do you not remember how she smashed phones, how she deleted files, how she was just left alone? Yeah, it was very convenient, wasn't it? But the, uh, the Democrats and their friends in the media are going to just dance around this. Last night, Rachel Maddow couldn't help herself over on MSNBC. She was ebullient. She was uh, very happy and telling people, go out and buy a newspaper and save it. Tomorrow is the day when you're going to want to buy the physical copy of the newspaper. You're going to want to buy it and fold it carefully, maybe put it in a little archival paper or parchment if you don't have that. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. And then slimy Chuck Schumer was also on uh, MSNBC with Maddow, and he was very happy. He's getting a little cocky, if you ask me. Chuck Schumer getting a little bit cocky. I think they're going to pay a price for this in the election. And I think Democrats should use it as an issue that the rule of law, the protection of democracy is a key issue here. And we better watch out if we give Republicans power. Senate Majority Leader uh, Chuck Schumer, fresh off a remarkable string of wins. Yeah, remarkable string of wins. You got one bill across the finish line. One bill, and it's got to go to the House on Friday. By all accounts, it looks like the House is going to fall in line with whatever Pelosi says, and they will push this disgusting spending bill across the finish line. It's not a remarkable list of accomplishments. It's one. It's one. Just amazing to me. It truly is an attack on a former president. And uh, I, I will applaud the Republicans who are out there saying, do you really want to do this? Because... We are going to have payback if and when we get back the House. You know that. And you know this will energize so many people who support Donald Trump, who support conservatism, who supported Trump's policies. So we're going to see that. Now, um, the New York Times is saying this is not, this is not January 6th related. But we talked about January 6th because Liz Cheney and the Democrats, wait a minute, I should just say, Liz Cheney and her Democratic friends uh, have said they're going to uh, try and indict or have Donald Trump indicted for the crimes they exposed. And so far, nothing's been exposed. Yesterday, Cash Patel explained it brilliantly. Cash Patel, in case you don't know, was the uh, chief of staff of the Pentagon in the last few months of the Trump administration. He's the guy who knows that Donald Trump authorized the troops to be used at the Capitol on January 6th, but Pelosi and the mayor of D.C., Muriel Bowser, said no. And Cash explained why, why, why Donald Trump will not be uh, convicted of any crime. And I, I don't know if he's going to be indicted. So that's the ultimate narrative. They want to be able to say in the media, and the fake news will always help them. Donald Trump committed an insurrection. Donald Trump didn't. Here's the other one. Donald Trump didn't call the SecDef and me on January 6th. No, he didn't need to. He told us two days before. Right. You've got what you need. 
I needed the calls from Bowser and Pelosi and the Capitol Police. Right. And the best way, you know, for my days running Russiagate, I've always learned the best way to prove these people wrong is their own documents. So we got the Defense Department's memorandum. We got the Capitol Police memorandum. We got Bowser's letter. We put it all up on free for fightwithcash.com. All these documents, every Jan 6 document, every Durham Watch document is up there for free. Right. So read it. Yeah. You know, and that's what we tell people. And I think that's the end narrative is they want the insurrection charge to stick in the media. All right. Well, the the media is already stuck, but yeah. now they're leaning on Garland for indictments. Wow. And uh, uh, do you even smell an indictment? And, no. and the CNN headline is, well, now Trump's attorneys are talking with the DOJ. Okay, well. Well, they great. called. <laughs> yeah. Great, go ahead. I mean, look, you're talking to a guy who was the first person to be subpoenaed by the January 6th committee. Cost me basically 200 grand because these wow. lunatics could have just asked and I would have gladly voluntarily joined. And I've been calling for my transcript to be released publicly ever since, right. every day. And they're like, oh, they do this piecemeal Why release like Liz it? Cheney. Why Same with Chris Miller's it? test. Everybody's been calling for it. They don't want to release the whole thing because the whole thing's the truth. Right, right now they can do the snippet narrative, i.e. the prosecution, right. right? And me as a former national security prosecutor, and a former public defender, I was like, if I was uh, Donald Trump's attorney, I'd call one witness in the insurrection charge, Liz Cheney. Press play, Fox News. Thank you for vindicating <laughs> right. my client. I rest my case, Your Honor. That's but right. it's it's the ultimate, right. you know, demolition wrecking ball. So right. they'll get the narrative because Merrick Garland's a total partisan hack at right. DOJ, but they won't get the charge. They, they will not charge Donald Trump criminally with anything. That was Cash Patel talking to me in Dallas on Friday. And now we see that uh, this raid may be a step closer to what Cash Patel was saying. They may get all the attention. Will they get the charge? I don't think so. Donald Trump responded. Donald Trump responded on Truth Social. And he posted something that I, I reposted on my Twitter account that you can see. And uh, I labeled it. The reason why Mar-a-Lago was raided, and I, I think it's worth playing. Should I play the whole thing? Perhaps I should. If you haven't heard it or seen it, it's a great video from the Trump, I guess we can say campaign, because it sure feels like a campaign video from Donald Trump with the storm. We are a nation in decline. We are a failing nation. We are a nation that has the highest inflation in over 40 years. Where the stock market just finished the worst first half of a year in more than five decades. We are a nation that has the highest energy cost in its history, and we are no longer energy independent or energy dominant, which we were just two short years ago. We are a nation that is begging Venezuela and Saudi Arabia for oil. We are a nation that surrendered in Afghanistan leaving behind dead soldiers, American citizens, and $85 billion worth of the finest military equipment in the world. I'm going to pause this for a moment, but that reminded me when President Trump was speaking about Afghanistan that this raid and other things that the Biden administration are doing, 
might be designed to distract people from the one-year anniversary of 13 dead American soldiers due to the Biden administration's complete incompetence. This is all meant to take your attention off of that horrible incident and the incompetence of this administration. It, it is really fascinating to me how they've worked this. Now, at the end of this, the last minute of this, the last 40 seconds of this is, is pretty darn good. So I think we should, uh, we should play the last 30 or 40 seconds of Mr. Trump's post that he put on Truth Social, and I retweeted it as well. I think this triggered the, uh, the raid. But soon we will have greatness again. It was hardworking patriots like you who built this country. And it is hardworking patriots like you who are going to save our country. There is no mountain we cannot climb. There is no summit we cannot reach. There is no challenge we cannot meet. There is no victory we cannot have. We will not bend. We will not break. We will not yield ever, ever, ever. We will never give in. We will never give up. And we will never, ever back down. Never let you down. As long as we are confident and united, the tyrants we are fighting do not stand even a little chance. Because we are Americans, and Americans kneel to God and God alone. And it is time to start talking about greatness for our country again. The best is yet to come from former President Donald Trump. It is a three minute and 47 second post. It's on my Twitter account at Stunt Brain or just look up Mike Opelka and you will find it. We could be angry today, but we could also understand that our enemies have revealed themselves. The people that are enemies of this republic have revealed themselves completely. And once that happens, I'm not afraid of anybody. Not even close. All right, I'm spinning it back to uh, some some great winner's wisdom time. Our friend Jim Stovall is joining us next on the Pure Opelka podcast. It is time once again to hang out with our friend Jim Stovall. Jim is not just a friend. He's, he's a rock star in many different areas. Jim is an author with dozens and dozens of books on the shelves from inspirational books to novels, et cetera, to the guy behind the Narrative Television Network. He's a public speaker, and each week he speaks publicly with us about the weekly Winner's Wisdom column. Jim, I'm so happy you're here. I love the simplicity of the message in this column because it's also as powerful as it is simple. Welcome. Well, it's great to be with you. This week we're talking about do your best. And it comes from a book by Don Miguel Ruiz that I reread at least once a year called The Four Agreements. And in this book, he outlines four things we need to commit to ourselves to do. Uh, Be impeccable with your word, never assume anything, don't take anything personally, and do your best. And do your best seems wow, do we really need to to have a, a point or an emphasis on that? But the reality is a lot of us think we're doing our best, and we're really not doing our best. And, and, and even our best yesterday or last month or last year isn't our best 
today, Maya Angelou may have said it best. She said, always do the best you can until you know better. And once you know better, <laughs> do better. And there's a lot to be said for that because we think we're doing our best and we can fool ourselves, which uh, leads me to what I call Stovall's 11th commandment, which is thou shalt not kid thyself. And, it, it, you know, it, it's very important that we're brutally honest with ourselves because if I'll lie to me, I'll lie to you and I'll lie to everyone. But we've got to be honest with ourselves and recognize are we doing our best or are we just going through the motions trying to meet the minimum expectations because uh, you know service and performance has become so mediocre in our world today it doesn't take much to meet and exceed expectations so we've got to hold a higher standard for ourselves and do our best based on what we know we can do yeah the this whole concept of um uh, giving in to mediocrity is so uh, antithetical to the way many of us were raised. You know, just getting by is is just that. And I don't know how anyone accepts just getting by. I know that sometimes you have to just get by because circumstances uh, will will not allow you to exceed expectations. But that doesn't mean you have to accept just getting by. And if you do apply this, do your best, this fourth rule from this, this four agreements, this fourth agreement, I, I think you'll find that when you least expect it, your best will elevate you to another level. And it certainly will surprise those either who you're competing with, those who you are serving, or those who you are trying to impress. Absolutely. I was in a meeting several years ago with a number of speakers, authors, uh, and top-level executives, and we had a, a guy that was facilitating a meeting on brainstorming. And I will never forget, he said, okay, take out a sheet of paper and write down every idea, good, bad, ugly, and crazy, everything you can think of on this. And once you've just done a total brain dump and you've, you've thought of everything you can, put your pen down and I'll know you're done. So finally, everybody did it, and they put their pen down. And then he did the most amazing thing. He said, now, pick up your pen and write down one more. And nobody questioned, and nobody did, and everybody wrote down one more idea. And I said, hold it. Stop. Hold the phone. Where did that come from? We all agreed we had done everything we could do, but there's always more there. There's always more there beyond what we think we can do. And that's what doing your best means. It's going to what we think's our best now and realizing, wow, there's a whole lot more capacity there than we realized. That is such a great story. I think I've been in those meetings, Jim, where the facilitator is in there walking you through an exercise and you think you're done and all of a sudden, whoa, what a, what a great idea. We, when I worked at theblaze.com in the um, editorial department, whenever you wrote a story, you had to turn it in with 10 headlines. And I will tell you, nothing is tougher than writing a good headline the first time and then realizing you have to turn in nine more or it won't even get reviewed by the editor. But it does force you to do more, to try a little bit harder, which ultimately lifts you to your best. I, I firmly believe that it's, if it's too easy, you're probably not testing yourself and that something greater is waiting just around the corner. 
agreed. And, you know, we need to surround ourselves with those people that call us out to do our best. I had a professor after college. He read one of my early books, and he would always come and see me. And 50 books later, he still does. And, and you know, and many times he said, I think this is the best book you've written but it's not the best one you'll ever write. So, you know, we all need those people that are, they're a cheerleader, but they're also a coach. They pat you on the back, and then they pat you a little harder and a little lower to get a little more out of us the next time. Yeah, this is, a, a, this is such a great piece of advice. We're talking with Jim Stovall, the man behind the Winner's Wisdom column that's out in hundreds of newspapers each and every week. And you can get it at jimstovall.com. You just sign up. It shows up in your mailbox. Uh, Jim, uh, this, this week's column, as I said, is simple, but it's powerful. And I don't think I want to gild the lily here. I want to let this just stand there and let people know you need to go. You need to get it. You need to read it. And you need to do it every week. And then you need to be here when we talk to Jim Stovall. My friend, thank you again. Be well.